0: Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist Church. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. first thing we always want to point out is that you have an opportunity to participate in our service today with your prayers. We have ushers that have note cards. Those note cards give you the ability to write down a prayer concern that we will read in the service and also hand to our Tuesday prayer group. So, if you'll raise your hand if you would like a note card to share your prayer concerns, and uh, I'll simply ask that you print and print legibly uh, so that I can read it during the service, and we will give that to the group um, to pray this week. In terms of hospitality, we have uh, exploring membership classes this morning. If you're at any point from this, we're trying out church today to we've recently joined, anywhere on that spectrum. I want you to come and join us in the social hall, which is the building right through those doors. It's uh, the smaller building between us and the sanctuary. It's at 10 o'clock. It's uh, very simple. It just gives you um, other faces in the congregation that are new, including our confirmation class. You'll be in there with our confirmation class talking about what membership means in the United Methodist Church and what it means in our particular church. You are not a member at the end of the class. We do not force you to do anything. That's why we put the word exploring there and we hope that you'll come at 10 o'clock in the social hall. The contemporary band concert is coming up now that we're in March. I want to make sure that you know that. We had a plan, if you saw it on the calendar, it was uh, canceled due to very bad weather. Um, But It's going to be on March 19th at 7.30 p.m. here in the FLC. I want to make sure that you know that. The band concert that they have worked uh, for now two more months fine-tuning, making sure it's right, uh, will be here on March 19th at 7 30. I'm gonna call Leanna up to give you an announcement. While she's coming, I'll tell you um, as part of our uh, what I was saying with membership confirmation continues today. It's at 10 o'clock, it's in the social hall, and you will be uh, with our Exploring Members class. Leanna Morris, first time I called on you.
1: <laughs> Good morning. I'm Leanna. I'm serving as the interim director of children's ministries here at Memorial. I just had two quick announcements for you this morning. Our Easter egg hunt is going to be the Saturday before Easter on March 26th at 10 a.m. So you can come and we're going to have some snacks and games and we're going to hunt lots of eggs. And so in preparation for that, I'm asking for candy donations. I have a basket back there and I'll have one in the narthex for the sanctuary and one in the church office if you want to drop some candy off throughout the week. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leanna. We are working on the security check-in and doing uh, different groups each time. Today's we are checking in the threes and the fours. So if you have a three or four year old and they are going to Sunday school, make sure you go down the hallway this way and check into our security system. We're going to try to check in that entire class and see how that works. Our security check-in gives the parent a sticker and the child a sticker, put the sticker on the back of the shirt so that they don't get obsessed with the sticker, pull it off and put it on the back of the shirt. Um, I am participating in Leadership Greer, I've told y'all that um, uh, throughout my time here, and our Leadership Greer class has a mission project. It is going to impact Greer Relief by giving them a walk-in refrigerator to give them uh, perishable food storage items and also the ability to have a lot more food. We're giving a warming oven to Greer Community Ministries and we're giving food bags to loaves and fishes so that they can go and gather food at the last minute before it uh, can't use it anymore, whatever that word is, and then they give it to people um, uh, who could definitely use it. Um, I'm in a unique position because I'm new to the community and can't reach out to a bunch of contacts in the community, but I'm also here so that I can reach out to you. It's, if you make uh, just a very small donation to that project, it will be from the entire church. It will be gathered together, and that will um, help me do my part uh, to raise money for our leadership Greer project, and I, um, if you'll just uh, note that uh, over the next couple of weeks, that would be really important to me um, to help me with that. Um, extras photo directory. Pho- people have been taking pictures uh, all weekend. It's funny to come in and see everybody dressed up and try to see the kids hold it together. We did it too. The one time we did it, I had a uh, Katie and I had a child that was six days old, and that maybe it was five days old. It just it wasn't good. Um, And much better this time, but I'm so grateful for everyone who's coming to take a picture. Make sure you do that so we have a sufficient directory. If you are in an FLC Sunday School class, Adam is going to take your picture next Sunday for the directory. If you're in an education building Sunday School class, Adam is going to take your picture the following Sunday on the 20th for the directory. Um, Good news for the week. How many of you have wondered if you were doing something in a volunteer position for our church when your week was coming up? You were like, oh man, do I have something tomorrow? Do I have to do something for worship? Do I have to do something for school? Do I have to do something for X? Um, Technology is not for everyone, and we're going to list these things in the bulletin as we always have. But for those that love technology, we are working to have a Google spreadsheet that can be shared with anyone that's doing it that lists our entire Sunday volunteer structure for the entire year. So, you can be able to pull up and see it anytime when you're doing something the entire year long in anything that we're doing. The other thing that's going to do is make sure that we don't have you scheduled for 9 a.m. snacks and after 11 a.m. money counting your same family, uh, which is tough. We're going to work to um, make sure we've got you evenly spread out and that you know exactly when you're doing it and how you're doing it. This is going to be a big deal to us that we are currently working on. I believe. That is everything. Now let's have a test. Take out your sheets and that. Just kidding. Let's begin our worship service.
2: Please stand and sing with us.
3: Close to you, never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. Will do because nothing else could take your place. Of your embrace, help me find the way and bring me back to you. I lay it all down again To hear you say that I'm your friend You are my desire No one else will do Nothing else can take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace Help me find the way to bring me back to you
4: Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for waking us up again and giving us a chance to uh, spend a day living for you. Lord, I pray that this morning, through the band and through Joe, that you'll speak to us um, and that our hearts will be open to what you have to say. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen.
2: Children, please come forward for the children's service and turn and greet your neighbor.
1: Boys and girls, I know there's more of you out there. You're going to miss this if you don't come on up here. Come on, come on. Come on. Okay. All right. Well, after I'm done, if there's any boys and girls out there that want what I'm going to give these boys and girls, then just find me and I'll give you that. How are you guys? Scoot up here. Come here. Well, today's story is kind of difficult to talk about. It comes from the book of Mark, chapter 15. And it's about um, the day that Jesus died. And that's a really, really sad story. Um, but what we have to remember when we talk about that is that at the end of the story, at the end, it's a very, very happy ending, okay? But I don't want us to really go into detail and stuff. But what I want to talk to you about is something very important that is a symbol of, um, of, of our belief in Jesus and for what he did for us. So this, who can tell me what this? A cross, right? Where have you guys seen crosses? On the church. Lots of times, people wear crosses around their neck. Sometimes girls wear cross earrings. We might see crosses. There's one right here behind me. Um, churches have them on the top, on the steeple, way up high. And sometimes, especially this time of year, you might see. Um, People in their yard they may have like a big giant cross and it will have like a piece of fabric wrapped around it And that's just a way to honor Jesus, especially this time of year as we draw close to Easter and his resurrection Okay, but the Bible teaches us and I want everybody to look down here at my cross if you can't see it come here The Bible teaches us that Jesus died on a cross, right? so that makes it a very very sad symbol even though um, we use it to honor Jesus, it's still a symbol of his death, but then also of the hope that he gave to the world. So I want us to look at it. When you see the cross, what do you see? What do you see, Davis? It's a cross, but really it's a very simple shape. It's just one straight line this way and one straight line this way, right? Yes, kind of like a T, like a lowercase T. When I think of the cross... I think of it like this, and I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, but I want you to look and see what I do to this. Okay. Davis, you want to hold this? Put it up here so they can hear me. You can be the mic, man. Okay, so when I think of the cross, this line right here, you see what I'm doing? This part of the cross po- points up. So I think of that as pointing up to God. is it my cross cool and then i have this line and this line right here it points out in a cross and so that symbolizes pointing out over all of the people of the world okay right here in the center in the center of this cross this is the most important part because right here in the center that's where jesus died so right there i'm going to draw a heart Because that part of the cross symbolizes Jesus brought God together with the people. He's there to be the person, the one who can bring us to God. Okay? So when you think of the cross, I want you to think of it as being a symbol of not only where Jesus died, but I want you to think of it as being a very happy place where Jesus gave his life so that we could be closer to God, so that we would have hope. Um, it may make us feel really sad, but it, it also should remind us to be grateful for his love and for the good news that he brought to all the people of the world, okay? And, and through the cross, he overcame death, and, and his spirit, it lives on within us in our hearts, okay? And to me, that is a very, very happy ending. What do you guys think? Okay, would you bow your heads and pray with me? And then I'm going to give you guys a cross. Dear God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to die so that we could be close to you and be forgiven of our sins. We love Jesus and we love you. Amen.
0: good things don't have time limits thank you Candy. we're asked to pray for Walker Phillips a young boy who was very ill with a seizure disorder and his family in what appeared to be his final days and we're asked to pray for a sister who has thyroid cancer. Let's pray together. Lord, it takes time to establish silence. To strive for peace within us. To turn off all the things that overstimulate us. So that we can quietly listen for you. Help us, Lord, to focus on these two concerns. And on those unsaid in the congregation. We all experience... Relational pain, physical pain, emotional pain, and our pain over what feels like a distance from you. And as we read of the text today, as we read of Jesus' total pain, agony, and his calling out to you in the midst of it, help us to understand his humanity is so critical. He understands what it's like to be us. Help us, Lord, to pray to understand what it's like to be Him. Be present with us this morning. Teach us, lead us, love us, Lord, so that we may do that for others. Help us to focus on the text for us this day. In your Son's name we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, You may not know because you bow and your eyes are closed, but the prayer is always on the screen. And I find that I always turn to it for two reasons I have in worship my entire career. Um, One is practical and one is spiritual. The practical side is I remember instances in my life where people stepped up to do a very common thing and it just couldn't occur to them how it happened. And you go, wait a minute, how's this thing start? And then it's panic mode spiritual thing is something that I shared with you last week of a struggle uh, that I have that I'm um, working hard to correct, which is making sure that you pray. And if I were to look down, I would think, um, you know, this is what's here and this is what's next and this is what's got me nervous talking about Scripture to people. But focusing on that is a critical, critical thing. And I certainly wouldn't tell you how to pray, but every once in a while I think it would be interesting if you look at it and you read it. And you say the words that you say so often, but you look at them as well. So today we're talking about the final words from the cross, things that Jesus said while he was on the cross. We're looking at that building up to Easter. And there are phrases that we will um, touch on each time. Today is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? No one would blame him for feeling that way. Occasionally, I think when we feel that way, we blame ourselves and we say, how could I not have enough faith? How could I not feel that God is with me? How can I not just push through this and be fine? I think it's important to stay there and note that Jesus said it and that we can say it as well, and here's why. Mark fifteen twenty-nine. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads, saying, So, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe those crucified with him also heaped insults on him so here's your first phrase of the day just passing by what kind of negativity are we capable of when we comment on something when we are just passing by that thing you know if we we were in downtown greenville yesterday uh, walking the better part of the length of downtown and you see different people and you see different events, and you see different things You're just walking by and uh, you just, you know, you put about five seconds in and you comment on it. looks dumb. Then you keep moving right Or if you don't pay attention to some uh, major legislation that's going through the government or some major change that's coming here or uh, something that the Greenville schools are trying to do put about five seconds in and you go, "Eh, that's stupid. Just keep moving. When we just casually pass by something, we have total potential to just say something negative and just keep moving. Now, that doesn't have horrific implications unless we're also doing it in church. If this is something that we do in between our uh, Mondays and the next Monday. If we're coming in here and uh, we got some uh, donuts and we got some coffee and oh, Joe's gonna say a couple things, then we can move on. If we do that and we're just passing by this worship, the scripture, these songs, these prayers, we have total potential and opportunity to just say, i yeah. Those people who were there for a holiday celebrating the fact that God liberated them from Egypt just happened to go by there and go, oh, the Romans are crucifying somebody else. Oh, that's the guy that said he was so cool. Guess you're not so cool today, huh? Anyway, and keep moving. We have total potential to do that. Humanity today has total potential to do that. Something else that's in there, the second phrase is the temple. Now, at the time, this is a massive structure, beautiful. You can go, uh, 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 go to Google, uh, go to images, uh, search temple in Jerusalem and see just an amazing image. And there's different versions of it. And in fact, there's not a temple there today. The mosque is there today. But the people of uh, the Jewish faith in, faith in Jerusalem right now are preparing for there to be another temple there at some point, and they've got these massive structures of the things that will go in that temple, some of them on, on public display so that people will see them and keep in mind, this hadn't been here for thousands of years, but coming back. And many of them are some secure location that no one can mess with. But if you see a big, beautiful structure then you think what we're doing is right and what we're doing is powerful. What we're doing will not stop, and God, no doubt, resides there. And so Jesus, one day, far before this day, was walking by the temple, and he said, I don't know, man, temple's not the big deal. It's a way to reach God, but it's not God. And one day, we're going to tear it down and rebuild it in three days. Now, this is the problem of Jesus using metaphors. It's the same thing we always wonder uh, when we use metaphors with children. Is, is it's is the struggle of sinking in. Jesus says the temple is going to be torn down and in three days it will be raised. What was raised in three days? Jesus was. But what are those people thinking about when he says it? Building. He's talking about the building and that building it and coming down. And if it does come down, we're not rebuilding it in three days. And that image was so powerful to them that he talked about it. Then when they walk by and they see him on the cross, he go, well, I um, guess he's not doing anything with the temple. Jesus is speaking on another level to them. When this thing is gone, this path towards God, God will not be stopped. You will reach God, and you'll reach God through me. And the third phrase, my goodness, is so powerful. Saving himself. He was a king, he'd to save himself. He'd come off the cross, do something about it. Big, powerful king. Why would they think that? Because we are used to people in power protecting their power at whatever the cost. Um, there's a series that starts tonight that I am just so amped about. It's the uh, I forget the numbers. But I think it's six, the six most vicious presidential elections and the 12 people who participated in them. I forget what channel it's on, but if you Google it, you'll see it. And it's uh, uh, Kevin Spacey who's doing that House of Cards show. I think that stuff is fascinating, how people got where they got and do what they do. But these people are doing whatever it takes to get in power and what? Remain in power. If I got to lie, lie. If I got to steal, steal. If I got to cheat, cheat. If I got to, you know, end somebody. I got to do what I got to do. To remain in power. So we, as human beings, who have seen those leaders and mocked them for being that way, look at Jesus and say, well, y'all do something. The interesting thing is, not once was he ever about that. Not once. Not once. Was he ever about saving himself? When he went out in the desert and he fasted for 40 days, we're talking to the confirmation kids about this, like what's the longest time you've gone without a meal? Like one afternoon I had to wait till like three. It was brutal. And I only had like one snack between breakfast and that 3 p.m. lunch. I get grumpy. Start thinking about me and how to fix me when I feel that way. He's out there in the desert being tempted by the devil who is saying to him, let me offer you increasing levels of power and influence if you'll just, you only got to do one thing. Just say I'm the man. Just say I'm the man, I'll give you everything. When Jesus was going to the people who in that community were ostracized by that community and it was going to be total pain, and hassle to go to those people, the community was going to fire back at him for doing so, what did he do? Went to those people. When his own people, his hometown, needed to hear the truth about the text and about him, he could have just said, you know what, whatever y'all believe, let me just say some stuff to affirm the beliefs that y'all already have, and this will be a lot like church. Let me affirm the things. I got an idea. I'm going to find it in Scripture. Then God's in it too. Excellent. Jesus didn't do that. He said the truth to them in very important ways, in ways that were really going to cost him. That were not self-serving or self-preserving. Many times, people we're going to drag him out. On, we're going to take him out on a cliff. We're going to pick up some rocks and chuck them at him. We're going to push him out of this community. I can't believe this guy is saying what he's saying. He was not saving himself when he was traveling in Jerusalem. Galilee is. Beautiful. And he was there was some opposition up there, but there wasn't crazy opposition up there. You could have an awesome ministry up there. You could build a church up there that would crush the biggest churches that we have here. Be a hero. Heal some people. Teach some people. Get big numbers. Report those numbers to everybody. I mean, that's what ministers do. I got a big church, I got the big place. He said, I've got to go to the place that no one wants to go and I've got to say what no one wants to hear and I've got to endure what no one would endure because it's important that I do so. He said, save yourself. He said, I haven't done that yet and I'm not going to do it today. Let's look at verse 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. and see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. Elijah has an amazing reputation and is a very powerful name among the people. When he took on prophets of another king, and really it was that king's spouse who was really driving it, and he showed them up with the power of God in an open field, he won. Not only did he win, he took out all those prophets after he won. This is the kind of thing that appeals to people. I want to win, and I want the other team eviscerated. That was a powerful moment there, and it's important. But Jesus is not doing it that way, and it's very confusing to people. Get Elijah. He's called on Elijah. Get him up here. This is one of my favorite things that Adam says in uh, uh, in this text. It's not on your screen, but this is a simple quote. It has been said that in the trial and crucifixion of Jesus, it was not Jesus who was on trial, but humanity. We focus so much on Jesus being on trial for what he said, what he did, what he didn't say, what he didn't do. How did humanity react to what he did? That's the trial. We walked by at best, and he insults on him. We were the ones with the hammer and nail at worst. At our very worst, we were saying, let's end this person and this revolution that's changing the way we've ever heard it before so that we can keep it the same. Of course, what we're doing isn't serving God. It isn't serving the greater community. It's serving a particular group of people. And I don't know that I even like it, but at least it's what I know. It's the thing that I know. Let's end this. And in so doing, humanity is on trial and we are struggling powerfully. Final phrase is the hymn. Um, Reverend Hamilton really wanted to point out that when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's pulling on Psalm 22. And I've listed to you why I think Psalms are important. They capture our emotions. They capture... Um, uh, the way highs of humanity and the way lows and the sort of, well, you know, in between. But they're also the hymn book of those people. And so Adam says, for Jesus to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To us, it would be like singing Amazing Grace on the cross. And if you were in the midst of that moment, and some people are directly harming you. Some people are not stopping those people. And some people are walking by and hurling insults. And many of those people in that group have at some point benefited from the amazing things you were doing. If you were to, in that moment, in that pain, in that grief, in the loss of your life, in the last things you were going to say, saying amazing grace, what kind of impact would that have on us? Tremendous impact. These hymns are powerful for us. They go back to services we've been a part of on Sunday morning, services that we've been a part of for the death and loss of a family member, a loved one, friend, community, church, and they tie us together. They tie us together as one community. At one point, you can note that Jesus feels abandoned in this moment. And you can say, that's kind of confusing because he's, you know, of the Trinity of God, Son, and Holy Spirit. How could he feel abandoned? I think in that moment, as a human, he understood. And he felt that pain. And he understands the pain that we feel. So what will we sing? If you were to sing a hymn... In the face of the things that are going on around you, or to celebrate the things that were going on around you, what would you sing? You find yourself on Tuesdays singing a song that you heard on Sunday morning it just kind of of pops in your head? Think about the songs that we sing all the time. Note the songs that we sing all the time and sing them as Jesus did. My God, why have you forsaken me? In Psalm 22 is directly followed by Psalm 23 though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I know you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me in this moment. So understand Jesus' grief. Understand your part in the trial. Understand that in the midst of that, just before he goes before all this, Jesus invites his disciples to the table and invites you to the table as well. Come forward with your hands. ready to receive the grace that is offered to you before the awful things that humanity did to Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand and join me in our affirmation, which is found on the screen. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to remain standing through the invitation. And your responses are found in bold on the screen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. If you'll turn to one another and simply say, peace be with you, to ensure that we all love and forgive one another. Come on. Once you've greeted one another, you may have a seat. I'm going to call the ushers forward uh, for our offering. You can see a financial report every single time in your uh, bulletin. It's important that we track that. It's important that we give. I'm grateful for your generosity. It helps us do dramatic, uh, powerful things for this community.
4: for granted the sacrifice that set me free
0: You're going to serve with us today, and they are one of nine couples in our church that have participated in ministry. We had a breakfast last week, and with all of them, and nine-talking about nine-there are nine retired ministers in our congregation, which is pretty amazing. I ought to know a little bit by the time I leave here um, by talking to them. Um, Bob and Bobby teach on Sunday nights, and I want to make sure that you know that. Um, they're teaching currently at 5:15, t- typically in the Social Hall, but because the Social Hall has photos, they are upstairs today at 515, talking about people that know things, but are also very passionate. They have the heart and the mind, and I encourage you to participate with them on Sunday nights at um, 515. And thank you for serving today. I need one band member. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward for Holy Communion are welcome to do so. It's very simple. We serve by intention, which means that you come forward and we'll give you a piece of bread. You dip it into the cup and you eat it and you return to your seat for a time of uh, silent prayer and reflection. Uh, We'll just come by the center and if you'll serve this way and go back to your uh, row by the outside aisle once we begin. You see how simple this is not complicated bread jesus used very common elements to do a very powerful thing he said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me when you eat this very simple thing you will remember the covenant that we've made and the sacrifice that i made when he took the cup he gave thanks to god he said this is my blood of the new covenant It's a new opportunity, a new time and place for all of us going forward in which we can do things in the name of God, where we can go out in this community and share this love that we've received. The simple elements, the powerful promise and covenant, the grace of God is offered to you. Please come forward.
2: Please stand and sing with us. Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. one, Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb, how great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great. Is our God name above all names, worthy of all praise? My heart will sing how great is our God.
0: in peace. May the God who is peace go with you. Amen.
2: Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, will die for me? Amazing love, honor you and all I do I honor you y'all have a great week